On the evening of that first day of the week, when disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. The disciples, disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jim. That image of Notre Dame Cathedral burning was so tragic and yet as well so powerful. We look upon years of culture and civilization, of an investment in the spiritual, the temporal and the material world being destroyed in front of us. And even more powerfully, it was happening during Easter week, that image of the cross shining through the burned-out cathedral sums up that destruction that is at the heart of the Easter story. I read a comment that said that seeing Notre Dame burning was like seeing a close friend dying and then having the feeling that we wished we'd shown our love more while they were still alive. Cette cathédrale Notre-Dame, nous allons la reconstruire, uh, President Macron said. This cathedral, Notre-Dame, we shall rebuild it. And seeing something so precious to the world going up in smoke, seeing the investment we have in the architecture, in the longevity, in the spirituality, in the achievement, in what it all represents, enables us to reflect, reflect on what we have in our own community that's also so precious and that maybe we don't appreciate. In that reading, what was precious to the disciples was Jesus. They, they'd invested their whole lives in him. They'd given up everything and he'd then been taken and killed. And then suddenly he appeared to them and they were completely overjoyed. He'd been rebuilt and was amongst them. So, you know, what do we hold dear? Obviously our families, our friends, our community here, our town. I think something really special has been built up here over the years. An ideal that attracted us all to live here or to visit here. That, that mind, body and spirit in harmony. And we do try and live it out. There's a, there's a pride in our community that's rightly held. We're almost an experiment in what it is to live life for the best. And we also have to be aware that all that's been built up over the years can burn down just as easily. That mind, body and spirit ideal challenges us to make the most of what we have. The mind that looks for fairness 
for progress, for reconciliation. You know, we debate. We invite people to come and share their ideas. We open ourselves to those new ideas and we try and have them shared as widely as possible. And in the body, we are experiencing fitness, enjoyment and challenge through skiing, hiking, rafting, exploring the beauty of nature. You know, it's all here for us to take advantage of. But in the spirit, we're talking about the essence of who we are, the expression of the best that a human can be. And I think it's here that we have to guard what's been built and make sure that it's not burnt down. Aspen, by its very remoteness and expensiveness, tends to be exclusive. And if we want to model something that has real value here, we have to try to break down that exclusiveness where we can. You know, the danger is that we just become here one huge gated community protected by wealth and the remoteness that surrounds us. And and that's surely not the Aspen ideal. And if we carry along that path, it will lead to the destruction. You know, some might say that it's actually slowly burning underneath us already. And unless we do something about it, we'll just end up another wealthy community. What we have here is, is the privilege of upholding an ideal and exploring and modeling radically radical possibilities of inclusion and tolerance that go some way to speaking to the problems that we have in our world. The mind, body and spirit idea of Aspen should not be an advertising slogan to get people to come here. It should be a challenge to all of us who have the privilege of being here of becoming better human beings, of building a community that has relevance in the modern world. You know, we have a real opportunity to make a contribution simply by the way that we treat each other and the way that we form ourselves as a community. You know, in our world today, there's so much division and conflict. It's almost as if once you've defined what you think and who you believe in, you just line up behind those with similar views. And those who think differently, well, we either avoid bringing up the subject or we avoid them completely. It happens in our community. It happens in our friendship groups. And even in our families, some things are just too difficult to bring up because we just know they're going to end in conflict. I think one of the key things that we have to be aware of and that which really stops us loving others is our judgments. We judge people for their views, for their behavior, for their lifestyle choices, for their actions. And if we judge them and we find them wanting, then, you know, woe betide them in their relationship with us. You know, we can shun, we can disinvite, we can withdraw our financial support and we can speak ill of them. You know, one of the most condemning things that we say about people here is that we're very disappointed in them. 
What that really means is that, you know, from our perspective, they are some way down the road to whatever hell we're confining them to. We just don't agree with what's going on with them. And in that, our task really is to aim for an inclusivity that welcomes all people, all beliefs, people of all faiths and none, people of all persuasions, of all orientations, and to love them as our neighbours. You know, by acknowledging that, we give ourselves the chance of remaking ourselves in a new way, of avoiding seeing our community slowly burn down because we're unwilling to open ourselves to that radical inclusiveness that cools tempers, that dampens down anger, and that enables us to love each other in the way that Jesus spoke about, to love our neighbor as ourselves, whoever they might be. The idea of Jesus rising from the dead is the idea that we can rise from the dangers that will sow the destruction of this community that's so fine and of which we're rightly proud. So as we leave here and we see the valley before us, we look upon years of culture and civilization, of investment in the spiritual and the temporal and material world that's in front of us. Let us not feel that we wished we'd showed our love more in our community while it was still alive. Cette ville de Aspen, nous allons la reconstruire, this town of Aspen. Let's continue to rebuild it in the image of that mind, body, and spirit ideal. And this Easter, let's welcome the risen Christ into our hearts and be opened to being changed by what we know we can do to help our community. Let's pray. So we've come together as a little community here. Let's just get a sense of that. Taking a moment to sense yourself in this space. The sounds the beating of your heart, your breathing. Now let your attention go to the person sitting on your left. Let's open ourselves to loving that person unconditionally, whether we know them or not. Just open ourselves to that person. And now the person on your right Let's open ourselves to loving them unconditionally, whether or not we know them. Now put our attention on those around it. Get a sense of everyone just around you here in this place. Include them. And let's go out from this place and imagine the little town of Aspen, all the people living here. And visiting, just consider all the people that make it up. Those who have nice houses, those who are homeless, those working in kitchens, those working all over the mountains. Gradually expand your vision to the Roaring Fork Valley, to Colorado, to all of our beautiful country and include them. And finally, think of the world from space, that wonderful blue orb down there, people at war, people hungry, people homeless, 
people in prison, those people affected by the bombs in Sri Lanka, those people who are distressed this Easter time, people in hospital. We think of people in our own community that we're aware of, Mimi Schlumberger battling with cancer, Cindy van der Veer, Taylor Patterson, Janie Anderson, Helen Gotchi, Cody Davis having back surgery. Continue to pray for the family, the Franklin family, Shelley's beloved stepfather, Vern Verness, and the family of Ball Killed Heron, who's Eva Lumley's mother, who died recently. We hold all these people in our hearts. Let's come back down to ourselves in this room and just resolve this Easter to be the best we can to all who we come across. Amen.